so wonderful to see you guys. So what were your kind of reactions when you first read the script for Passing and um, led to you both saying yes? I'll start with you, Ruth. Well, actually, um, I don't think I don't think I'd seen the script yet. Although I think, you know, I, Rebecca had written it. Um, we met in New York, and um, she said uh, she wanted to do this film, and she explained a bit about her familial connections um, to passing. Um, and I just was so, to be honest, I was so sort of intoxicated by her passion and her energy and her vigor about making this film. And it was just quite clear that she had um, clarity of vision about it, about how she wanted to shoot it, the kind of um, energy that she wanted it to have. Um, the timbre and the tone it was just so it was already kind of done in her brain and I just was so um enamored by that that I, I would just couldn't wait to, to to start working on it um and I think you know that kind of thing when you see someone who is so has such a fever passion for something it's 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 catching and um and I loved the, the novel and I just thought it would be just such a beautiful thing to film you know and there's not many scripts that I find that when I read the script I have that visceral reaction to I can almost smell the world I can taste it I can touch it I can feel it and you know and and you kind of almost kind of you can daydream it almost mm. and that's a very clear indication that this is something you need to be part of um, and that I was super grateful to you know and there's not there are not many if any scripts that have two women of color leading it I mean so like immediately straight away was like yeah absolutely um, and Tessa what was your reaction to the script unlike Ruth I actually had not read passing before the script came my way. So I read the novella first in one sitting and was so haunted by the novel and couldn't believe that I that I hadn't read it, wasn't familiar with it. And then I read the script right after. Um, and it was funny because I had that feeling of the, the novella was so beautiful. I thought like, how, how can you communicate this into a film? And then I just thought that Rebecca did such an incredible job doing that in the in the adaptation. And um, I had been such a fan of, of her work. And, and like Ruth, I also understood about her family connection and sort of why this script was important to her. And so it was sort of an immediate yes for me. And also I had the pleasure of reading the script, knowing that Ruth was going to play Claire. So I could, speaking of that daydream, I could imagine. And if you have read the book, you know that one of the things that Claire has to be is just this beguiling creature that um, Irene is rightfully obsessed with. And so I knew that Ruth was the perfect person to capture that. So um, I was really just inside of the world instantly. Was there anything that kind of shocked you about and I say shock because I think I read that Rebecca said that her the fact that she empathized so or it resonated so much the the original novel resonated so much with her she was kind of shocked at how much she was seen did anything jump out at you guys that made you feel like oh my god I don't even know that's how I was feeling or that someone could yeah totally because when I were Claire I felt like 
you know, so you can kind of, <clears throat> generally speaking, you kind of clearly kind of follow someone's emotional journey. I couldn't follow Claire's journey, journey at all. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, she, as soon as you thought you were going down one path of those, you should take a U-turn and you go this way and you think, I, this one is extraordinary. And then I realized that uh, this is how normal we are in life. You know, we're not, we're not really that um, easy to predict um, we think we are because we've created sort of passions for ourselves and other human beings. Like this is how I should be in public. This is what's expected of me. You know, those kind of general human expectations. And Claire just bucks that, you know. And she'll say, you know, the way she flirts with danger, you know, the way she kind of unexpectedly will disarm you with a simple sentence, like something about motherhood's not all it's cracked up to be or you know, admitting to um, being completely self-interested or saying, you know, I don't know why more people don't pass. It's quite brilliant, you know, and you're kind of thinking, does she really believe these or is she, is she being provocative? Mm. Is that, and I think, I think it's kind of a bit of both and that to see a woman of colour at that time like dancing with those kind of dancing with the devil really because it's quite dangerous I mean what she does what she's doing the whole concept of passing is dangerous it's dangerous but it's bodily danger danger essentially you're using your your body to do something that is socially unacceptable which has actually been legislated against and yet you're flaunting she's flaunting it that to me is radical that was unexpected and really titillated me. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I felt shocked by the density of the prose because it's 93 pages and not that much happens plot-wise, but so much happens. It's not written in first person, but you're inside of Irene's experience. And how many thoughts and feelings she has, sometimes conflicting thoughts and feelings. The density of that really struck me, particularly because I knew that I would maybe be playing Irene so thinking about like just how much is going on inside of this person that doesn't really say any of the things she's thinking or feeling but also just how beautifully Nella articulates them that felt kind of shocking to me I'm just like oh my god so much is happening and you realize that that's I mean that's us as as humans sometimes just the emotional landscape is so fraught for us Mm. in our little heads and hearts you know Mm. but I felt shocking to read it's it's the the sparseness but yet there's so much in the silences and moments that um so in doing the research about the film the true really apt word is repression that came up and um Claire and Irene I feel are repressing so much but each are experiencing a freedom others would yearn for um Irene's being a a privileged light-skinned woman married to a good man with good kids and then Claire being able to enjoy the privileges of being a white woman, but yet both aren't satisfied, completely satisfied. How did that resonate with you in your career, personally, or just in this space? Tessa, go first. If a genre pocket that is my favorite (laughs) is stories about dissatisfied women. I just love them. Mm -hmm. It's like, I wanna make more of them. There should be more room for them Uh, because we're like, culturally set up to be dissatisfied so I really like being able to see us in the fullness of that (laughs) dissatisfaction um I think this idea is something that Irene is personally repressed by and it and and both admires and is repulsed by in 
in Claire is Claire's inability to be hemmed and boxed. She's she's like, I, any box I will spill out of it. Like I'm I cannot fit squarely into one. And Irene on the flip side is trying so hard <laughs> in so many ways to fit in this little box and it's so so stressful <laughs> for her and like I've only seen the movie once in New York so stressful for me really I'm like I'm you are stressing yeah. me out like spill out a little bit you know what I mean and I personally really relate to that because I think there was a period in my life where I felt like like Irene I could really understand that desire that pressure to feel like you have to like fit squarely into something yeah. um especially to be of service to other people yes, and you yeah. realize that like you cannot you be you cannot be like if that's not none of us fit squarely in a box but it's when bad. we try we cannot be in service of anyone mm -hmm. and certainly i think what the moment that i started to realize that both just as like a person but also like as a, a person that makes things i'm like yeah i'm i'm not gonna i'm not presentable I'm but this is what I am and and I think you set other people free when you do that oh, yeah. and I really wish that for these two women they could have figured it out you know to set each other free I think they're yeah. trying to but well, to let the cat out the bag <laughs> well, else, well, well, no <laughs> yeah I know I know I must <laughs> but, but Ruth, but sorry sorry no, no, like, similarly yourself like Ruth yeah the how did it resonate <laughs> I just hate them. I hate labels. I hate boxes. Yeah. But I understand why we desire them because yeah. they make, we're just trying to make sense of the world, you know? And a lot of that comes, the unfortunate thing is, a lot of that comes from fears. So our fears inform these boxes that we create for ourselves and yeah. other people, and nothing good can come of that. Yeah, because it's so it's could just completely limiting. And you know, you can you can apply that to um, anything, race, gender sexuality, anything that once you start messing around with boxes, it just can't work. You know, even someone who likes kind of order and everything, you, you find like you just get kind of like claustrophobic. I get mm. claustrophobic by labels. And that's how I could identify with Claire is that just rejection of anything. And, and I understand, I kind of love the idea of flirting with disrupting that out of badness not even just because she is those things, but she just wants to see what happens because the whole, for me, the whole idea that someone could put me in a box makes me really angry. <laughs> and I think I always kind of wondered that with a Claire, where is the rage? Because it's not kind of, it's not full frontal rage, but it's in there. And I think that little rage is driving a lot of her decisions, but she keeps it quite mm. neat, mm. but it is quite clearly, clearly there. And I really enjoyed that tension of having, having these sort of motivating factors and influences, but kind of keeping them sort of more opaque because that's what we do in real life yeah. isn't it? to survive. But what happens when you're just patience runs out? Or what happens when you don't want the life that is ascribed, prescribed to you? As many Black people, people of colour are still experiencing now, you know. It's about the fight to not, to sort of um, reject the limiting labels that are, make, make us unsafe. Yeah. Not just, they're not just limiting our dreams, they make us unsafe. Yeah. 
um, there was just one of my questions was going to be about your identity because Ruth, I remember I published an article about your role in loving and I'd misidentified you as British Ethiopian and I got a lot of people like, no, she's Irish, she's Irish. and that was correction. And then um, Tessa, you, Tessa, you being African-American and with the conversation about reclaiming black American to allow for the immigrant black to identify as African-American or Caribbean American, it's you're you're both speaking to those like breaking those boxes, and how they are protective, but also freeing, but also limiting, and I just you just gave a great answer to those questions as well. I guess working together on passing, how did you lean on each other for support during the highs and lows of filming, and what inspired you both about each other's work as you were developing your characters, and shaping your characters? Well, I think I think a lot of it with actors is is unsaid and intuitive, yeah, and instinctive, and you kind of you learn that early on, because because you know you, your rehearsals are limited always. I mean, when do you ever like yeah likely have time? Yeah, it's true. Um, but you know, and so you kind of consciously and unconsciously you kind of go to your sort of shorthands, and and I think I think actors do do it naturally, don't you? Especially if you if you love the the work, you love the script, you love the people you're working with, you want to make sure that everything is sort of, you, you're using all your tools and everything is available to you for yourself and for everybody else. Like, you know, you Tessa talked about, you know, um, Claire being charismatic and beguiling and sort of intoxicating. You can't act that. That's, that's sort of a responsibility I laid squarely at the feet of Tessa <laughs> <laughs> to find me all of these things because that's that's what you're doing you know that's the difference that's the main difference between when you think about what's the difference between real life and acting really it's that you're you're relying on the people around you to support you and your endeavor your yeah. personal endeavor yeah and that is key and nothing can happen without that and I felt like I don't know I just felt I felt like when Claire and um Irene meet it's like a click I'm obsessed with the idea of when clicks happen yeah when you meet people clicks happen and that's what happened and and thank god we have that click because I felt the click yeah we we naturally had it which I guess yeah. is like whatever they call chemistry but I think also the thing of like hopefully all relationships when you're working are like symbiotic but especially with this one like for example it felt very freeing to me because Irene is has such restraint mm. that I was like well Ruth will come in here and jazz it up like I can be I my performance is allowed to be muted in the way it needs to be I think to satisfy who this character is and who this repression because she's gonna come in and 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 they'll there will be color and there will be a change of rhythm and when she's and when she leaves the frame the film will feel it in the way that Irene feels it mm. when her loss, you know, the way that the some life is somehow sucked out, you know, um, and that's that's just important tonally, you know, and that it means that we're our our performances are because of each other, and and that I, I'm not sure I've worked on a piece that had that sort of dependency mm. or or yeah, uh, where things, where performances felt as necessarily intertwined. Yeah. And it's cool because I feel like Ruth and Irene are like two sides of the same coin in a way. They are like so yin and yang. So I, I, I'm not sure that I've had a, an experience like that necessarily in performance before. No, because I don't think I've ever read anything about friendship that is so accurate before. That, you know, when you're seeking, it's like you're seeking 
it's you know you in friendship as lot as you're seeking um something about the other person is attractive to you and sometimes it's because you lack that thing yeah and then that person can either kind of sort of jump start that in you um or it can become something sort of more sort of with tinged with envy maybe and sometimes jealousy. it's both sometimes you and go sometimes it's both. you go between the two yes and that's interesting and it's not it's not about condemning these feelings and that's the great thing about Nella she doesn't condemn or say this is not what you should feel she says this is normal yeah but this is what happens unfortunately when you are I think I think it's I think what happens at the end of this film for me is Nella, it's, it is a contemplation of society and how we kill people's truths and, mm. you know, and how we actually, we don't make it easy for people to be brave to be themselves and own their entirety of themselves yeah. because, it, because look what happens. And that actually it's, it's, it's an advocation for compassion and empathy mm. and connection. Thank you guys. It was wonderful <laughs> to you. The film was brilliant. You guys are brilliant. Hey. And I can't wait for the world to react and have more conversations. Brilliant, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.